listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. We talk about the passing of Michael K. William, Trevor Moore uh, from The Whitest Kids You Know. Uh, we also talk about the ongoing opioid crisis and Alexandra Albakian, the film Paper Tigers. We talk about a slap fight pay-per-view and we talk about the Black Out podcast, Stanley, and we get around to ranking Joker with Joaquin Phoenix because uh, John finally saw Joker. If you enjoy 90s, we do recommend that you check out Garbage Time. You can get to our episodes of Garbage Time by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribing at the 90s deluxe level. Garbage Time is a bonus episode that is a companion piece to 9to5 Entertainment System. On um, this week's episode of Garbage Time, we talk about the McElroys, who you might know from My Brother, My Brother, and Me, uh, and Adventure Zone. Uh, all this and more on 90s. Do subscribe. Tell your friends. What a great time we're having. It'd be really bad on the outfield. There's no sand out there. <laughs> it means you brought some. Awesome. You bring a little bucket of sand, whatever, I'm just, you know, way out here deep in the field. Yeah. I feel that that's like the premise of at least some kids' cartoons, right? Like the little, like the, bat, the, the bad kid in the outfield just like taking a nap and whatever. Like I feel that I've seen mm-hmm. that in cartoons. I feel like Calvin that's... had a whole strip about that in Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, definitely. They definitely yeah. put him out, and then like the one time the ball went to him, he's like, "Oh no!" and like just had like a panic, and then like. I think I think actually he doesn't know what's going on when they switch teams because like oh, yeah, one, he catches yeah. the ball, but he catches, he catches his the own ball team for his out. own team. Yeah, correct. That is yeah. that is definitely a Calvin and Hobbes strip. Because <laughs> they like they they change up the lines, and he's gone so deep. Because like, that's what's one, what's one of the other jokes. They're like deep, deeper, deeper. And he's like, "Hello." That's my kind of softball. Yeah, that's Good it. times. What's up, everybody? It's the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. It's already September. Remember the summer? Me neither. It's over now. Celebrity deaths. Oh. We have two celebrity deaths to talk about. One of them we should have talked about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and we didn't. I feel you mentioned it. So the whitest kid you know? Yeah, but I didn't mention it on the podcast. You know? Oh. I think that's the thing. So Trevor Moore, the mm-hmm. front man for the whitest kids you know, a uh, actually funny comedy troupe i guess they were internet famous about 10 years ago yeah i think there's a lot of funny comedy troops but they were quite funny yeah they were pretty good they were very diy funny they were i I would consider them to be like a maybe a slightly more crass Derek comedy (laughs) Hmm. yeah they had an edge that that people that didn't always land they had like like really uncomfortable ones that were great well it was the I know. Well, I mean, like there, there was a million whitest kids, you know, but where the Derek comedy uh, parallel lined up was the the one with Donald Glover, where he's just like, where the the frat boys just want to have sex up in the thing, and he's just sort of like, just got a, got like ten cans of Axe body spray in there, and just like spits in his hand, and it's just like, like whitest kids, you know, really like that's. I think they were kind of contemporaries in terms of like whatever. Only thing is, whitest yeah. kids, you know, like went way further, like with the grapist. The grapist. And, I'm gonna grape you in the mouth. Uh, they also, I would say, contemporaries with uh, what was it called? Human, human giant. Yeah, don't yeah. remember those guys. Oh yeah, you do. Where will, um, where will Arnett has sex with the Olsen twins? 
But it's just like the two dudes with like the Olsen oh, masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah like, again, okay. also could have been a Wes Kids You Know sketch. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm Will Arnett. <laughs> I own a Prius. Just kidding. It's not a Prius. It's a Hummer with a Prius <laughs> shell on top. Gets worse gas mileage than a Hummer. Has a backseat <laughs> you can perform abortions in. <laughs> which is great when you perform as many abortions as I do. Which is a lot. Because I love them. I'm Will Arnett. Oh, for me, <laughs> she repeatedly saying his name. Human Giant for me is all about the uh, the college humor prank war. They brought the guy out to California to act in a scat and just ruined him. Yeah. And then when he finds out it's a prank, he's like, oh, okay, let's go back in and, and finish it up. And they're like, no, the whole the whole thing is prank. There's, there is no show. Yeah, We're not no in show. a skit. <laughs> and then he cries in the hallway. It's, it's amazing. It's the best. Yeah. So what is kids you know though? I mean, I think the 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 the, the, the ones that immediately pop to mind are the grapist. Mm-hmm. You uh, peed on my iPod. The what? You peed on my iPod Nano. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. I one. love that one. <laughs> it's all about a girl saying she's nervous about a pregnancy test, and she finally sits down next to her boyfriend and is like, "Let's take a look and see what it says." And she holds it up, and he's like, "You bitch! You peed on my iPod Nano." <laughs> Um, Abraham also, Lincoln yeah. died of being hammered in the ass. Yeah, remember I that? Just, yeah, I remember that. But, one. but that's but that's that's the the now you fucked up, right? Is that the same yeah. sketch? Yeah, or, the same like, sketch. or did they have multiple Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> no, no, that's the one. <laughs> or don't assassinate the president of the United States of America. Or you can't say yeah, that, that on TV. That one. Yeah. Or a a, a gallon of PCP. <laughs> yeah. And also, also the 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 jerk off hand motion. Yeah, no, you can't finish. Don't you, finish. Why are you doing it so slowly? Why are you looking at me so? Don't long? make eye contact. Don't, don't finish. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying Did that he was kind know? of in the at least talk of the town, Tinseltown, Tinseltown. That is. There was there was a comeback that was like in the works over COVID mm-hmm. time. Him and some of the other whitest kids, you know, guys were kind of like getting back together and doing. Um, what do you call it, like twitch.tv streams kind of mm-hmm. on a weekly basis that were apparently generating all kinds of buzz. I think the deal is Whitest Kids You Know went for a couple seasons and then they got deals to make movies. They tried to make the movies and they the movies did not land. I'll admit I didn't. Mm-hmm. I never saw them. I don't. I don't even know their names off. I should should have looked it up for this bit. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So they went they went off the rails for a couple of years and they were they were coming on back. And mm-hmm. his death, as far as I know, is still quote unquote accidental. We don't know what. Whether that Certainly was like not a, a gallon of PCP. A gallon of PCP. Plot to assassinate the president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bummer. I I, I really love those skits. I, I would have I would have been happy to, to, to see a little comeback from those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the, uh, something you said made me think of it, but now it's gone. I mean, all, all I can say is, I mean, I can't imagine with the whitest kids you know, with the like where comedy has had that's traveled through. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't want to work with them like at a certain point in yeah. time. Like, like there's like, there's like a rough edge in mm. the world of like comedy right now that I think that people are trying to like find where that edge is. And I think if they were not past it, they are certainly on the line that I think would scare a lot of like safe producers. For sure. <laughs> like, for sure. But there's a lot of comedians who have that in their history, you know, yeah, like sure. that, that was what got, got James Gunn and all that trouble. It wasn't even tweets. It was deleted tweets, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying is that it, I, th- I can see how it would be not impossible, but like hard for them to 
like get make into, it again. make yeah. a, I mean, make another presence for themselves. Yeah, Kevin Hart lost the uh, the award show job from old tweets. Yeah, right? exactly. Right? Like, yeah, that's still happening hmm. for sure. All right, so again. celebrity death number two. This one's a little more recent. This, I think, was actually this weekend. Was Michael K. Williams, star of The Wire, Boardwalk Empire. You remember him as Omar Little. Oh, and also... Chalky uh, White. Chalky White. White. Yeah. And the teacher in uh, Community. Community. Yep. Super Guys, funny. Can you tell me what happened to Legos? <laughs> <laughs> when I went to jail, they were like spaceships and cars and stuff. Now it's all Harry Potter and Star Wars. What happened? <laughs> and everyone's just staring awkwardly. <laughs> great. That uh, and also he was on uh, Featured... Yeah, featured yeah. recently on uh, Lovecraft Country or Lovecraft County. He he was up for an Emmy for that, if I if I read his bio correctly. And and they're saying it was heroin. That was yeah. like that was yeah. That, he that was, he wow. he was like public about about a long long time drug issues, um, and he talked a lot about it. And um, yep, that's messed up. Michael yep. K. William. Yeah, Michael K. William, young guy though too, fifty-four. Jeez. Uh, yeah, man, don't do heroin. I guess is the, <laughs> like not not to like make light of it, but it's crazy. It's it's crazy to me that at like like me, he's not an A-lister, but like a B-list celebrity, like a celebrity with like multiple credits, awards, whatever else. Like he's not a a Mel Gibson or whatever, but this is a man who is is I'm sure wanting for nothing on mm-hmm. the material level is still like heroin is has a, such a grip that you're like still gonna do heroin <laughs> you know what i mean like opiates yes. man it's another world of addiction it's crazy yeah. uh man like just the i was the, i was watching john oliver a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about like <laughs> it was so funny he was just sort of like the opiate crisis he's like we're back here again he's like this is actually our fifth episode and he like goes through the timeline of like each time with new and terrible information. And it was just, and talking about once again, how the way they're maneuvering the assets and the businesses and whatever, even though some of the companies are probably going to be paying fines as a result of a lot of the trials that have been going on in 2021, like the families and the people involved, are still basically getting off scot-free. So, like, so this, this you're, you're missing the, the end of that story. So in the last two weeks, this happened, the Purdue, the Purdue Pharmaceuticals was the company owned by the Sattler family, total, basically privately owned by this family. They, um, the deal that they negotiated for the bankruptcy of Purdue Pharma was that they each receive personal immunity forever for any form of prosecution. Yep. They're being ordered to pay roughly $4 billion worth of, of penalties for the mm-hmm. whole debacle. Mm-hmm. The, um, however, they have to pay back that $4 billion over the course of 10 years. And yep. it's esti- estimated that uh, OxyContin alone earned them $10 billion. Yeah. And the way that they're going to be able to run the investments, it's essentially never going to touch any of the principal. Yeah, like the interest or whatever off. is going to pay off the exactly. $400 million. So uh, I don't know how more you can see a story. Like these guys are like literally the devil, right? Like it came out mm-hmm. in all their papers. They knew from the 90s that this stuff was crazy addictive yep. and they, they pushed it anyway. Yep. Like and if that, ever yeah, was... you want the death penalty, I don't know how better to argue for it, for death penalty for white collar crimes like this. You You knew it. You pushed it. You had all these schemes where you bribe doctors to prescribe OxyContin. They they got the the American Medical Association to do a made up uh, um, like it's not addiction 
it's like heroin necessity. I don't remember the exact term that they use. I'm really sad that, that I didn't know we were going to talk about this. But like they, they, they like every skeezy, slimy angle you could do. These guys were a million billion times worse than the worst street dealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for absolutely like (laughs) and that that was the ultimately what the the john oliver piece was about where he was just sort of like they're not even gonna have to pay anything no essentially if they if like what exactly to your point if they just invested the money that oxycontin made them the interest of that money will pay off the fines that they're supposed to be paying yes yeah and and uh, people are saying like it's better than nothing and they're like yeah but oh not really (laughs) like it's not justice Well, yeah. Well, to them, it's they're like it's good that that money is going to relief of people who are like suffering from the opioid crisis, so on and so forth. They're like that is money going into like that's good, but as a that is good. As as justice, it is not to do this again. It is not justice in any any sense. That's it. It it is good that there is four billion dollars, but it is that is not justice. That is just there's four billion dollars to alleviate a crisis that they caused and are not paying any sort of profited from caused yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then profited from repeatedly knowingly and knowingly right it's not like uh what, what do you call it like the 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 the, the flibber babies or whatever like you know like doc yeah the thalidomide like doctors they were uninformed and they made a mistake it was awful yeah but like that was like all the research they saw was good this was all the research they saw bad and they're like What's, oh man, oh I God. watched a great documentary about that. Thalidomide is it's you, you like you can you can you can absolve the doctors from that situation, but mm-hmm. you cannot absolve the British government because mm-hmm. they have they had libel laws that said when somebody is being sued uh, and with regards to the safety of a drug, you are not allowed to publicize whether there's an actual safety issue because if it was if there was no safety issue, then you would be turning people against the drug unfairly, right? Yeah. So then what happened was thalidomide, they got the first studies that said it was fucking crazy bad for your children. You're going to get flipper babies if you you take it. And then Mm -hmm. they tangled it up in legal restrictions for something like five years. And they can't can't drop the name of the drug. That's exactly it. They kept prescribing it and kept prescribing it. And the only reason that it got out was when they tried to bring thalidomide into the States. It was Mm -hmm. a Canadian uh, part of the Canadian Medical Association. I forget what the lady's name was. I really should have written it. Again, didn't know we were going to go here. But like, (laughs) hey, John, we're going to talk about thalidomide today. (laughs) But but it was a Canadian lady who was like, hold on a second here. We have all these studies. What's going on? And then she found out the details of it. And then it got banned in Canada before it went back to the to Britain and got banned there. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So here's science Doctors. good news. Science Hooray good. for science. Alexandra Elbakian. You, you guys know the name Alexandra Elbakian? No. It makes me, makes me think of Bacchus. She's she's a superhero of the science world. She is the lady who is running SciHub. You might have heard of a website called SciHub. Basically, they pirate um, scientific studies and post them so that you can look at the science. Um, there's a horrific, uh, legal, uh, world surrounding, um, science papers, you know, in the ideal world, you do a science, you publish the science you did. People look at your science and they say, Hey, was this stuff right? Was it wrong? Can we find a a problem with it? Whatever. And that's how human knowledge increases. The reality of the situation is not like that. There's a small number of businesses that that perform the role science. of publishing. They don't commission it, but they publish it. And then they control the publishing rights to it. So you're not actually allowed to see this stuff unless you pay for access to it. 
And big universities have lots and lots of money, so they pony up enormously expensive prices to get to get wide access to these publishers' content. Um, mm-hmm. But it means that if you're just like you just want to do your own research, or if you're a poor person living in India or anywhere else, it, it is prohibitively expensive to get access to them. Sometimes it's like a couple hundred bucks for a single paper. Yeah. And then if you if you're writing your own research, you might have to reference a hundred or two hundred papers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like even uh, I. I'm not a scientist, but even in like, when I've done my own research as an internet scientist, like I try to occasionally get to source documents and you hit like the very real paywall of the publishing yes. journals. Like, like okay. and it's not like, we're not talking New York Times or whatever. It's like you said, you're like, to read this article, it's X hundred dollars. And you're like, what? Well, nope. So what, <laughs> who's Alexandra Elbakin? She's a Russian who was like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to gonna hack the shit out of these guys, take all these papers, post them to my Russian servers and allow anybody to look at them. So mm-hmm. the website is SciHub. It's been taken down many times and re-popped up in other places. SciHub stopped publishing uh, papers at the start of this year. And everybody said, oh, shit, are they going to get taken down? Finally, has the law caught up with them? What the hell's going on? And it turned out that they were being sued aggressively in India. And um, they, as part of the legal thing, they thought it would be trouble for them as an organization if they continued publishing while this legal battle was going on. Anyway, Alexandra Elbakin posted a thing on Twitter. It's the 10-year anniversary of SciHub. In uh, in celebration, I'm going to post 2.3 million new articles to the website. And right. if you were worried about the Indian thing, we're not worried about that anymore. So you can go back to, to getting all your science here. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. She's up there with with um, uh, with the very greats of of freedom for knowledge in history. Absolutely. I and, <clears throat> as I mean, I don't know where exactly, and I'm sure that that's only a small piece of it, right? Because like I remember with the pharmaceutical stuff where they had to pass these like weird legislations and stuff about the COVID vaccination, right? Where they were like, the, it was an unparalleled situation where they were demanding like interoperability, I suppose, like between the pharmaceuticals. And even mm. then, even in a global pandemic, they were like providing the absolute bare minimum into like a shared pool of knowledge. Like yeah. they were like just enough to satisfy the legislation that they were supposed to like, and you're like, that's so gross. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you're just sort of like, you have like your Pfizer and your Moderna and your Johnson and Johnson all employing a bunch of scientists that really should all be working with all of each other's knowledge absolutely available to them utterly and completely like to try to get the vaccine out but they're like and there was like a forced like government legislation to make a certain amount of knowledge sharing but even then apparently when people were looking into the details of it they were only getting like providing the bare minimum into the universal pool like it's such a weird and gross thing like you were saying that like scientific knowledge for whatever reason be it by a publisher by a pharmaceutical by whatever you're like life-saving or research or whatever that there's somehow profit to be had because you're preventing like another mind from getting it. Yep. yep. Right. I mean, it, it's, weird. I, you can acknowledge that it is a very complicated discussion, right? Cause there is that, you know, people should be incentivized to spend their money to do expensive research. Sometimes that's going to happen by private institutions. It is legitimate mm-hmm. that they find a way to profit off of this. Part of the story is that there's a whole flack of research that's done in the states that is funded by the population, that's like government-funded stuff, who then hand off, uh, who then hand off like the rights to conceal that knowledge from the public to people providing the medicines. Yeah, not exactly explaining that correctly, but I, th- there's like there's a slime ball angle to all of this as well, and. Yeah. 
and, and, and like at a deeper point to it, you get into copyright where it's like, you know, I, I don't know what the, st how long these, um, what do you call them there? It's like, it's not ex exclusivity. How long that lasts. Yeah, yeah. What is the, what is the, the correct term for that when it comes to medicine? Uh, I'm not uh, sure what it is, but anyway. But like, um, it, fun it functions like a copyright, yeah. right? Like it's like a patent. Like, uh, like I know patents is medicine, but I don't necessarily know about like what procedures and stuff that they can be patented or maybe whatever. It's, maybe it's patents. Anyway, the, mm -hmm. um, the, the point is just that they, the, they last way, way, way too long and it would mm -hmm. be way more beneficial to everybody if we, if this stuff was out there. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know what the answer is, but it's just like, I feel that anything that is just sort of like to the general benefit or could be life-saving, it just should be like automatically. It's just open source. Like here mm -hmm. it is. Like if you're like, absolutely, I can understand, you know patents holding for stuff like viagra and cialis you're like do we need this and you're like nah but it's cool yeah make money off that that's fine yeah. like life-saving medicine mm, that's weird like why do you get to hold on to the the knowledge there and you're like meh because i invented it so pay me pay me money my name is what was that guy's name screlly oh screlly yeah the um uh, martin martin <laughs> martin screlly the, the, um, the guy who uh, owns that one wu-tang album that no one will ever hear because he yeah. bought that one wu-tang album <laughs> yeah pharma bro yeah even, yeah, yeah. even the wu-tang clan is mad at him yeah they're really like did they expect people to share it if you if you were like the only guy who had it i think they yeah. expected someone cool to buy it right yeah <laughs> at the very least like <laughs> Like, for instance, like, if Kobe bought it and then didn't share it and then died, we'd be like, wow, that's okay. Kobe Bryant was the only guy that heard this Wu-Tang album. Everyone thinks it's okay. The Pharma Bro, they're like, man. Why, why is that name tied to that? <laughs> exactly. Why is Pharma Bro attached to Wu-Tang? Just listens to it on repeat in prison. Uh, what's up with you, Scott? Uh... Yeah, I'm limping around. I had the day off today, which is very nice to have a day off after sports. To like, I mean, it's the Labor Day, the day you don't do labor. That's right. That's what I did. Uh, I got soaked in the rain yesterday playing softball and almost caught in a hailstorm today, which Ooh. was fun. There was hail? Big time hail. Hail. Huh. Yeah. I was up at the cottage and it, like, there was like scattered showers and it was like, shower, sunny, shower, sunny. And that was no wow. hail. We got pelted with marble-sized hail. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. For like a good 10 minutes, it came down. Were you like with Archer? Had Archer ever seen hail? Was he like, is it the end times? I feel he that, was like, like, I want to go feel what it feels like. And <laughs> No, dude. Ran out onto the front balcony and ran back in. And he was like, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You didn't dissuade him? You were just like, put on a helmet, kid. <laughs> Learn your lessons. It's fine. Like the idea of just putting a batting helmet on him and then be like, out you go. <laughs> he he was out there for a split second, enough to get pinged two or three times on his extended palm and skirt back inside. I've been caught out in hail like a handful of times. And even if it's teeny tiny, it sucks. It stings. Like it just, the <laughs> just like this blows. Yeah, other um, than that, I've been, been chilling, watching movies and... Taking it easy. What did you watch? I watched The Paper Tigers, which I was very excited to watch. Because it was Tiger. a Fantasia movie last year that hmm. had a exclusive release slot that I was unavailable for. Why does this ring a bell? Because it was a Fantasia movie last year. 
Yeah, but I'm giving up. But now tell me more about it. <laughs> so it's three kung fu experts who mm-hmm. learn kung fu in the 80s and and 90s, and then all of them let their training slip for reasons, and then they found out as they're in their 40s uh, that their master had been murdered, and they get back together to try and figure out what happened and also figure out what happened to their lives. And it was really good. Hmm, fun. I am sad that I missed it last year, and I was very excited when it popped up on Netflix. And Riss and I both watched it and thought it was a good time. Is the Kung Fu good? I like. It is, and also it isn't in a way that is believable, because these are three guys who haven't done Kung Fu for like 20 years. Right. And they go over that. Like one of them got injured, one of them just lost the practice, and the other one went on to be an MMA trainer. So mm-hmm. he mostly just knows or works on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And they all struggle with getting back into it. I, I like, assume they need to somehow like avenge their master using Kung Fu. Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I just jumped to that conclusion based on what you yeah, said. Like the, I was the, like, and they're like, no, they start a law firm. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything is resolved by kicking other people. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. Like the main character is like, my my brain knows what to do. And it's like my body is three seconds behind and mm-hmm. I just can't catch up. And like, that was cool. It was a cool thing to have in a movie. In a, in a like, basically a Chopsaki Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Like to Did not it have deliver the... in the Kung Fu sense? Yeah, yeah. It it did because it wasn't all pretty, but that kind of made it seem a little more brutal hmm. at points. And like, they're never completely outmatched because they were all masters who just let it slip. So right. even that is enough to like hang in fights where other people their age would not have any business hanging. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of fights where there's like fighting putties. Well, I mean, like they're fighting like some some punk kids who know kung fu, and like yeah, like putties, they they get they get slapped and and kicked and and beat up a lot, and then they're just like, okay, well, I still know how to throw a punch with power behind it. I guess and the putties don't usually land many hits on the Power Rangers. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> they just kind of stand around and wave their hands at them. <laughs> but like the the guy who's got a bum knee, like. He's kind of holding his own until the guy kicks his bum knee, and he's just like, uh, uh, "Ow!" Ow. And uh, yeah, no, it's cool. I recommend it. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I'm saying, I will check it. I like, I like me some some kung fu. Speaking of uh, martial arts, I use the term martial arts in the loosest possible sense to introduce this next topic. A couple weeks ago, I ordered the first ever pay per view of an underground sport called. Slap fighting. <laughs> Pay-per-view slap fighting. That's you right. ordered. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was a $13 pay-per-view. <laughs> so we were like five or six people. We were like, can we chip in $2 each? Yes. Okay, we're going to watch slap fighting. <laughs> Walter was there. Uh, Tyler was there. A couple other people were there. And after watching it, I, I will tell you, the <laughs> the review of slap fighting is, 
I simultaneously never want to watch it again. But if someone was like, hey, there's a slap fight pay-per-view, I'd be like, yo, put that on. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm equally... Can you, can you explain briefly the rules of a slap fight? So there are only three. They repeat them a lot. Ooh. Uh, well, so the, the setup is that the two guys are standing there and one guy gets to slap the other guy in the face as hard as he can. And the other guy gets to slap the other guy in the face as hard as he can. And it is, the rules are no clubbing. So the, 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 the fist must, the palm must remain open and the, the palm must be the point of strike. Like you can't hit with the, like the lower, the, the yeah, ball. It's gotta be the, t- the top. Yeah, top exactly. That's it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. It has to be like a slap. Like you can't hit with the ball of your hand. Right. So, right, right. um, no stepping in. So you have to have both feet planted. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two rules for the attacker. The third rule applies only to the slappy, and this is the worst rule. No flinching. Oh, so, so that's how you lose, the right? The guy about to get slapped in the face, if you flinch, you can take a penalty. And if you get a penalty, uh, like there are warnings, but then if you take a penalty, it means you lose your slap. So for the like a major flinch will just get you slapped in the face twice without you getting to go in between. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! <laughs> How do they lose? Is it by knockout or is there like so you have this to is, you just this tap is, out? The the most fights go by ten rounds, go ten rounds, and wow. then there's like I guess like points or something or whatever. Somehow there's judges. I think that they they go to some weird dumb panel of judges. Figures mm-hmm. judges, right? Uh, a lot of a surprising number of them are like from basically KOs, which are shocking like a lot of these dudes are like easily close to 300 pounds just like laying into one each other with like open palm hands and just watching these guys get like absolutely like staggered and bell rung Mm -hmm. is like kind of incredible in terms of like a feat of slapping right like (laughs) you know like they have mouth guards and stuff because there's real okay but your brain is still gonna get knocked around in there this is like a one-way ticket to to, to brain damage but yeah, at the same time flinch. so we were just we you can't flinch you but can't we were discussing this like yes you can't flinch you can't roll with it and whatever but i'm like this still to me and i'm not saying there is zero da- zero i'm not saying there is zero danger of brain damage in the uh world of slap fighting but i feel that like it that's it's significantly less than when an mma fighter punches the other mma fighter in the face like like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you see, like, those guys, like, coming and, like, like dropping the hammer bombs on a guy that's down, I'm like, that's, like, a hundred times more than a slap. Right? It, de- it like, depends how, how much your head moves. Like, when they take the slap, if their chin rotates fully 90 degrees, right, like, mm-hmm. your, your brain is not necessarily going to move freely at that 90 degrees. It's going to get knocked around on the inside of your skull. That's how you get your bell rung, how you get knocked out. Right. And again, like I said, you, I'm not you won't saying... necessarily have that effect from getting clubbed in the face when you're when you're on the ground, you know, when your head is against the ground and the man is just clubbing it into the ground like that is a thing. That yeah, it's not the same. Often. Yeah, but that's not the same there either. No, no, no. But your your head doesn't move like your 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 head isn't being jerked around, allowing your brain to flop around on the inside. That's where the danger is when your head turns really quickly. I'm also thinking of was is it Francis Ngannou? When he hit, uh, what's his name? The sexy guy, Jorge. Jorge, what's his name? I'm just saying, like, the KOs in 
UFC look a thousand times more grisly than the KOs in slap fighting. Okay. okay. Like, like when, when you see, like, there was the, like, recently, Jorge Masvidal, can't remember who punched his head off, I want to say. But, like, Jorge Masvidal gets punched, and his neck snaps, like, 180 around, like, a cartoon. Yeah. And goes down. And I'm like, that, to me, looks like the worst thing in the world. And that looked much, much, much worse than any anything that happened in slap fighting. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but then, excuse me. Um, when it's a title fight, there are no rounds. Like there are not, there are no rounds. There are no like, there's no round limits. So -hmm. the final fight of the night went 27 rounds. Wow. And when when you say a round, that's 10 slap rounds. No, well, no, it's it's two slaps. 27 slap each. 27 slaps received each way. With I mean some some penalties, some removed or whatever. Sure. Like, dude, the guy's hands are swollen. Like, they're one of them was like. They're like he's he keeps going and like in between rounds checking his wrist. And they're like he might be slapping with a broken wrist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Ugh. stop this. <laughs> like, and I was like, they need to somehow find the the sweet spot of like letting him go and then just like not wa- having us all sit there like wildly uncomfortable while these two <laughs> dudes who are apparently like, <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, you better be tough. <laughs> kind of like mentality, just both of whom should have quit somewhere at like round 15 or 16, just still lacing into each other's faces with these stupid slaps. It's like, I was like, this is, I was like, this isn't fun anymore, man. This is like, this is just, and like, not to say it was like incredibly dangerous. Like maybe they broke the wrist, maybe they did whatever, but I'm like, compared to other combat sports, like, yeah, like that's it. It's like, people are like, they're like, oh, that's like barbaric or whatever. I was like, have you watched any sort of actual fighting? Like this is this, you know, slaps are legal in fighting. Right. Ask the, ask the what do you call the Diaz brothers? <laughs> like, How long was like, is the whole pay per view? What did you get for your thirteen dollars? About two hours, two and a half hours. That's a lot of slapping. A lot of slapping. And then your martial arts thing is what made me think about it, uh, Scott, because there was a guy who yeah. apparently practiced a all but forgotten martial art that focuses on slaps. What like E Honda? Something like that. Yeah. And he was like one of the last like practitioners of it. And so these guys like they do like this like stiff arm and they like they line up the face and then they just like rotate all the way back and then just like come in moving as much of their body kind of like twisting, right? Because you can't step into it. So mm-hmm. you need to like twist your body. But he kind of like didn't go as far back and stuff. Anyway, this martial arts slap master gets absolutely obliterated by this dude with an orange beard. <laughs> like, within like like get like within two or three slaps is like nearly out cold like i was mm-hmm. like holy crap i was like this mar- the magic of martial arts is not real i mean it might be it's just maybe he didn't practice taking slaps i don't think that's true this is a good this is a good discussion i think the world of 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 martial arts was tested when mma first came out and you had like guys who were kung fu experts going in there and they now there's none of that you, you nobody goes in there with ah kung fu those guys get demolished it's all guys who come from boxing or wrestling that learn brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah and 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 if you're learning kicks it's muay thai right like 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 all the guys train muay thai for kicks nobody trains as like karate or kung fu or whatever for kicking prowess it's like (laughs) like muay thai for kicks brazilian jiu-jitsu for like the ground game boxing for punches and then like wrestling and grappling for transitions. Yeah. Two, so that you can transition into a Brazilian jiu-jitsu move. Do people yeah. even talk about judo? Because that was like the ground game martial art. There's there's a couple of fighters that have like 
that do train judo like they they occasionally i i still hear it in the mentions is like because yeah. like judo i think is still applicable for its takedowns mm-hmm. like like you can get a guy awesome. down with judo but it's like it's still like you you train judo to like transition right? right like you're not you're not training judo to like win a fight you're training judo to like catch the guy get him down and then lock him into a arm bar or whatever the hell. like you know like unless so yeah every now and then they talk about like judo takedowns and whatever else like i think i think you just little... described all of ronda rousey's career yeah like ju- judo throw into arm bar is like ronda rousey yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and like if i'm not mistaken she trained judo she was a judo olympian yeah but that's it um yeah, slap fighting, man. It was weird. Thirteen dollars, I can tell you, was the right price mm-hmm. for that. Like any more, I would have been like, like fifteen. I've been like, Meh. and also, also the venue, like it's so clearly in a like a conference room of some like kind of ugly motel. Like they and they because they do like the walk down, like the hall, like walking down the hall where they're just like clearly walking down the hallway of like a Motel Six or something, <laughs> just going into a. A fairly well lit conference room, and then just like have this little podium set up and then slap the shit out of each other. Is it in thing. Russia? I kind of forgot the origin. No, it's an American. Oh, I'm sure there are. There must there must I'm, be a. Russian I think I've movie. seen videos of Russian slap fighting events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, this yeah. So this was the first whatever the American slap fight league was. This was their first ever pay per view. You can you can YouTube it and just watch it. One mm-hmm. of the other things that's super weird is they have like a featured VFX guy for the replays. Mm-hmm. So like the replays don't just happen in like super slow mo. They happen in like super slow mo, and then when the contact goes like, you can see like an explosion of like fire or whatever. Like for some of the KOs, like the guy shatters in the replay. That's uh-huh. amazing. It's the equivalent of the laser puck. Yeah, basically they 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 do on the fly like vi- like VFX replays to show like fire and like ice and explosions and all that stuff. Yeah, would watch again, but also would not care if I never watched it again. I feel like there's a real potential for an ambidextrous star to come into that sport. Oh, I don't know, but you want to soften the jaw. I feel like you don't want to keep, you don't want to switch it up. I don't know if your hand is so swollen and you broke your wrist. Just a yeah, and switch, switching, <laughs> having the ability to switch it up might be might be good. We were like immediately was watching with a bunch of like comedians and stuff, and they were like, "Yo, we should," because we were like, "What seemed to be missing? The guys had no personality, and the interviewers didn't like cover for it really well." But I was like, "If you could find a guys with a couple personalities and then have like some announcers that were like much like funnier and more engaged, I was like, mm-hmm. I feel you could mark it up." So I don't know if maybe Montreal Slap Fight is a thing that they're working on, like. <laughs> Walter and Tyler or whatever mm-hmm. start hosting Montreal's lap fight. Start taking, taking, I don't know, applications. Oh man. So what else is up? What else is going on? I really want to know, Keith, did you get around to seeing Catwoman? Yes. No, I finished oh. the Fantasia stuff. I did watch two of the three fear streets. Ooh, huh? Did you? I did, but John I, hasn't watched them. No, yet. I haven't. How, how was it? Uh, they're good. They're fun. I find they're Okay. Um, Should we save it till gonna, I watch it? We're going to have to unpack yeah. it in, when we all watch it. But as of right now, I find that it is a little bit strange that they're kind of presented as movies. They're, they're, I guess they're made for TV movies. And I guess in the world of Netflix, that's the same thing. just the same as movies. But it's like they're very miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like them. I'm enjoying them. I'm watching them up at the, the thing. Scott, I think your mic is a little too close to your face. <clears throat> 
just better sliding in. It just keeps sliding in. It's sliding into your mouth like a lollipop. I've got soft lips. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched the two two Fear Streets. So that's uh, that's coming in. I also watched or watched listened to season two of a podcast that I think I recommended on this show, and I can't necessarily say I recommend season two of it. Blackout. Uh-oh. So Blackout was a podcast with Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. Uh, done by the same people that did the left right game, uh, and like a sponsored by like Sonos. So sounds might be coming from the left or the right or right yeah. behind you. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so super good sound design and all that. Uh, first season was a lot of fun. Would recommend. It's about like basically um, all of the power goes out in America. And but it's like it's orchestrated kind of conspiracy thing, and then like the weird little like militias and stuff that like pop out, and it takes place in like a small town in Massachusetts, uh, and very interesting. Mm-hmm. Season two, on the other hand, like gets into the conspiracy, and like the last three episodes, I was like, I don't, I don't care. This is dumb. And like <laughs> in trying to in trying to explain it, you've made it more convoluted mm-hmm. and stupid, and like you're, you're like just way too many characters start appearing and whatever. And I was like, that's oh, kind of a bummer. Like Sarah was like, I don't want to listen to the next one. I'm like, well, it's the last one. And then she's like, yeah, I guess we'll finish it. Like that was, that was it. So recommend bummer. blackout season one, then just stop. <laughs> what? And uh, I, listened, I listened to a podcast cause I know I had suggested to you guys that we try doing messing with the left, right stereo sound mm-hmm. to make it seem like the listener was, you know, in between in, us while we yell at each other. And then I listened to a podcast where they did that. Just another pop culture thing. Don't it was like awful. It. <laughs> Do not like it. I, t- really I, I don't not. know which one you listen to or whatever, but I've heard ones like that where like one guy's on the left and one guy's on the right. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I it was really it. bad. It's like too intimate. It's yes. just more like, like disorienting, weirdly. Like, And it was hard to make it seem like the sound was, you know, to the left or to the right. And it just sounded like they were walking behind you <laughs> and you were listening in. It was really weird. And hmm. yeah. So we're sticking to good old mono. Good yes. old mono sound. You were equally loud out of both the left and the right. Uh, hang on. I pushed a thought out of my brain. We were talking about podcasts. We we're talking about blackout. I watched yes. a whole lot of movies. If that helps. I guess it's gone Tell now. Me. Bye. Talking about movies. If it comes back, I'll let you know. So I watched The Dead Don't Die. The oh, um yeah. the the like super dry comedy zombie movie by Jim Jarmusch. I watched Joker, the the you know, the new um Joaquin Phoenix. You haven't yeah, seen new. it yet? New. That is not new, sir. Had not, had not seen it yet. Oh, I watched God. um It Chapter Two. We all I like we're we were all like pumped for it when we watched it, or at least like warm on the on the experience yeah. and then i think everybody kind of gave up on it and just was like eh, whatever yeah the reviews of chapter two came in like lukewarm and i was like i have it downloaded like to watch and i'm yep. like me like eventually then, i'm sure i'll get to it i, I also watched, watched yeah yeah oh, maybe we'll talk about that i'm gonna say the last one and then we pick which one so uh, the last one i watched was a bob ross happy accidents betrayal and greed the documentary about bob ross i will never sexy watch that. sexy life i will never watch that why not I don't want anything to do with my Bob Ross helping me fall asleep to be tainted. I don't want to know What's the conspiracies. Great? I don't want to know about the sadness in his life. 
check it out. Bob himself is untouched. Bob is still golden at the no, end of the documentary. The it's the people around him. Of him. People were taking advantage of him. I don't Scott. want that either. They took such advantage of him. It was like the bummer, the bummer of like the Stan Lee stuff when people were trying to like take advantage of Stan Lee, and you're just like, leave him alone. Yeah, he's a hundred. No, but like he's like a hundred years old and invented like basically like fifty percent of all beloved comics. Like just just leave him alone. Like well, he not to say he's like for it. Hmm? What? Some of it was him taking credit for it. I mean, there was for a sure. little bit of that. Yes, but I'm not going to say that he had he was infallible, but at the point yeah. where he's like ninety years old and delusional, the people were just like fleecing him for all he's worth. That's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, it was his oh. job. It was his job to push comics into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. The the artists he was working with were not going to do that, and had no interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 took a part. He became the like spokesperson and running the show guy, right? Like he also did a lot of the, the FaceTime and the media time. He was the editor in chief and the publisher and writing like four comics a month at one point. But and also was like heavily, heavily responsible for like literally getting the comics on the stands, right? Like getting like yeah. like making sure people were selling comic books. He was like yeah. going like around to businesses and like publishing deals and whatever else and like making those contracts to get Spider Man on as many shelves as possible. And like he was, he was like he was also very good at saying Excelsior. No, but also like at selling his talent that he was working with. Like mm-hmm. DC Comics did not make Kurt Swan a star, even though he drew Superman forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have to be really in the know who, to know who Kurt Swan is. But Stan Lee was like, you know, I'm I'm working with Jack King Kirby. He is on the book. Look at the fabulous art by stunning Steve Ditko. Like he was hyping up everyone, even if they were super introverted artists. Like he was putting their name on the cover, where DC was not ever going to do that and mm-hmm. yeah jack kirby did way more work than anyone gave him credit for of course like super creative super crazy but but also didn't want any spotlight or interviews or anything and didn't want to sell his own stuff yeah, right wasn't he, he, also he like, wasn't he wasn't ready to go on the radio or on to letterman or you yeah. know sell the stuff because he wanted to sit and draw and create and be an artist and then throw so away it, his ash cans. It's. I think it's really weird. No, that's Steve Ditko. No, yeah. Ditko. That's right. <laughs> Still makes me sad. Throwing if you don't out know this, his... John. Yeah. Steve Ditko is like infamous of just like using his original art paperwork as like toilet paper. Really? He's like, well, I don't care about this. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Someone went to interview him at his studio, and he had original Spider-Man pages, original art from his '60s run, mm-hmm. being used as like blotting paper for the art he was doing now. That's amazing. And they were like, you know that that's like a $10,000 page, right? He's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> and the guy was like, but I, I really do. Can I, can I take your garbage, Mr. Ditko? Amazing. He was using it as like like backing for cutting boards and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like simultaneously like shitty, I guess, if you're like the, the collector who believes in all of that. But like, it's sort of amazing in terms of like, yeah, those comics are published. They're done. Like, what mm-hmm. am I going to do with like, there is like something weirdly like pure about not saving that as an additional form of art, even though it clearly is like, you know, it's, it's... I don't know. I feel like museum at least. Yeah. You don't have to but... sell them to a private collector. Just, you know, they 
they're part of history in a lot of ways. Yeah, just donate donate all of them or something. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, no, that, I that's yeah, I can can't tell that. Do we want to talk about Joker? I think we we put did off we? even ranking Joker. I think we did. So now that all three of us have seen it, yeah, John, <laughs> what are your thoughts, sir? I mean, on the one hand, it's nice that they did a, a, a like a superhero movie that didn't get into superhero malarkey too much. You know, this was like a character piece that was more about a character than it was about being following the superhero steps. I thought mm-hmm. that was all right. I think you're, I think it kind of, I don't know Joker that well, I'll be honest. You know, like I've read a couple of the comic books uh, mm-hmm. and a couple of trade paperbacks, but I don't feel like I'm an expert by any sense of the means. But it's my understanding- difficult, I think, for anybody to be like a Joker expert, right? Like so many authors have like taken their spin on him and so many performers have taken their spin on him that have been like widely lauded and like acclaimed. Like even just in, and also in, film, in film and television, even yeah. ignoring Phoenix, like Nicholson, Ledger, and Hamill are like all considered great Jokers and are all three wildly different takes mm-hmm. on the same idea. So... so- what what I was the point that I was that I was rambling towards was that this this movie makes you like he, he's portrayed as the protagonist even if he is a villain you know mm-hmm. like you're meant to sympathize with him as his his untreated mental illness is having given trouble to him as he's being beaten by hoodlums in the in the metro as he's being tor- tormented by his clown friends like like the the villain of the movie is Gotham and society yeah it's society it's definitely society there it's yeah. like there, there's very few characters who are not Joker in the film. Like even like De Niro is given the second billing in the movie, but he's on the screen for like seven minutes out of the whole thing. It's like the yeah. Joy Queen Phoenix show. Mm-hmm. And and like, are, are do I care about identifying and and like sympathizing with this character? I I kind of prefer Joker as the like the the nameless unknown terror that is unexplainable, like a force of nature. You know? Yeah. And this movie was the opposite of that. It was humanizing this character. Yeah, which which is there, yeah, there's problems like having having especially your your take on on Joker is funny because I just watched Batman eighty nine mm-hmm. this weekend and had the similar problem of the fact that like joke like Jack Nicholson's Joker is just like a monster who then falls into acid and becomes a bigger monster mm-hmm. and it, like it, it makes it too like boring. Where you're like, oh yeah, this he's not really that different from how he was before he fell in the acid. Like he's What's already. What's boring like... about that movie is that it ends up being a romantic three-way between Joker, Batman, and Vicky Vale. Like, what the fuck? That's actually much smaller than you remember. Like it's yeah. around, but like that is not as much of like I do remember that it being a thing, and for for no reason either. Yeah. Like Joker's no just reason. like I like her photos or whatever. Like it's, yeah. it's nonsense. Joker has no reason to like Vicky Vale. Batman has no reason to like Vicky Vale. They just both do because. Tim told them to, mm-hmm. but I was just saying, but like, but that take on Joker, I know it's it's well lauded and like people enjoy Jack Nicholson's Joker, but the actual origin, I'm like, he was just like a psycho mobster who's now more of a psycho mobster, which again, when you talk about the like force of nature thing, you're like, if you give him too much backstory or whatever, you kind of like remove the mystique of yeah. it, right? Like what made that work even was Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson yeah. made that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The performance yeah, but, is... Yeah. Fine. You say that he made that character, but he's also just being Jack hit the ground running because it's Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't see that movie and not think 
The Shining and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. For sure. And have him have that, like, basically do all the legwork for the audience to say, this is Jack Nicholson going over the edge. Because he doesn't put the work in in, in Batman. He's just like he does. Go, he does go very over the top, though. Like, it, it's, yeah, but the performance is very fun. It's still Nicholson. Yeah, it's yeah. it's him saying, "You know me. This is me going crazy." And if you want to see it slowed down, go watch that movie from 15 years ago, <laughs> directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I I get it, but at the same time. I think that you know, like your 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 Mark Hamill Joker, or whatever, is just completely insane, and for no reason with no backup. And Heath Ledger's Joker is downright terrifying with no history or backup. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and those kind of stand out. And then I think, yeah, if you give too much backstory to the Joker, you're like, yeah, we like we all know deep down he's like he's just a dude. But the like the power of the villain is that like he's just a like that he's just a dude who somehow is the greatest foil to a man with like infinite monetary resources, infinite amounts of like ninja training. Like, you know, like, like the fact that he can like have the greatest detective is continually foiled by this absolute psychopath. Is by the an anonymous part, psychopath. Yeah. An anonymous psychopath. And that, yeah. and that, you know, like is so anonymous that like historically Batman never even figures out who it is. Right. And that brings me to my biggest complaint about the Joker. Joker being Batman's older brother. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, it's just gross. No, no, no. But it, it's unclear at the end if that was true or not, and it's heavily implied that the mom made it up just to because she was crazy. Yeah, but Joker even thinking that they're related is yeah. stupid. And don't even, get me wrong; the comics have also done very fake. stupid things with Joker when they made him an infinite ancient evil or whatever the heck it was. They, they're like. Yeah, DC has done very dumb things to Joker in the past. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> did you see the, because um, Mark Hamill has reprised the role for something, for a movie? Yeah. For, a video game? Hmm, for a video game? Yeah. Wasn't he, wasn't he in the, the much appreciated Arkham Asylum video game? Yeah, no, but he's, he's just, he's reprised the role I'm saying like recently. Like I was oh. watching like Fallon like two or three weeks ago. And they were like, yeah, he was like, I'd kind of taken a step back and there's been other guys who've done it and whatever else. And he's like, he's doing it again for some project or whatever hmm. the heck it is. Like, fa- like, I mean, I guess like, yeah, in the Harley Quinn show, it's Alan Tudyk who does the voice of the Joker. Cool. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they asked him, they, they did gave him some like nerd trivia that he just botched all over mm-hmm. the place. It was just like Star Wars and Batman trivia. And he was like, at one point, the Joker was uh, Bruce Wayne's mother. And that is an alternate reality that exists within DC. Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow In wow. one of the Elseworlds, it's uh, it's Bruce that dies, and Thomas becomes Batman, and Martha becomes Joker. Yeah, that's in so Flashpoint. Like... Yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, so... Okay, so back Like to... I said, the, 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 the comics are not exactly, like, just all amazing Joker stories. They're just dumb ones. Is Joaquin Phoenix's performance enough to make this movie good? If I remember correctly, so. Keith really liked the performance. While I did I like the more, performance, I I, I was I more thought... hamstrung by this script. Exactly. That that's that's that is exactly my take. Mm-hmm. I think that the script and the story and the presentation and the fact that you're supposed to empathize with him and like the conclusions and stuff that he jumps to are all very stupid. But like in a vortex, his performance is very good. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like the, the lines that he's meant to say and the plot as it advances are dumb. Mm-hmm. His performance is like single-handedly, uh, uh, like, th- not to, I guess, overstate it, but it's like, it's like, like the use of the word like spellbinding comes to mind where I was like, what you're saying is stupid, but the, like I could watch him just do that role like for any, just saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like if you ignored the plot of the movie and just watched him act, he did an extremely good job. Yeah. But there is the the matter of the plot and the dialogue and putting his fingers in children's mouths and stuff like that. Like it's like, what, what are you doing and why are you doing it? That doesn't make any sense. But he committed like so completely to the character that I thought his performance was very good. Mm-hmm. But then what the movie asked of you as a viewer to put up with was too much. Yeah. And I, I think the movie also relentlessly took itself seriously. Like they oh, yeah. want you to be like, this is a serious movie with serious things to say about society. And I don't know. I don't know what they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, John, they could have. We live in a society is a terrible line. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they could have if one – they didn't say anything about the Wayne family. There's no reason for that. There's no need for it. There's no then need there's to riots. Tie... Then and there's there's riots. Then there's an alley. Oh, and look, we're going to do it. We pretty playing. much have to do it. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. Like the whole thing, tying it directly into Batman's origin. Needless, useless, terrible. Um, if and, you just did, and, but they would not do the first, right? I mean, yeah, we're talking crazy. about Tim Burton, does it? Yeah, but it's also crazy that Bruce Wayne would not remember that this happened during the Joker riots. Like right. yeah. Arthur Flex Joker riots. Remember his name is like way out there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Hey, remember when he started up a riot on late night? <laughs> like, and uh, people and ran around like, the city wearing clown masks and then a clown masked guy killed my parents. Cut to like 20 years later. And Batman's like the unsolvable crime. <laughs> like, exactly. Right. It's yeah. Arthur Fleck. Throw him away. Let's just get yeah. rid of it. Like, what are we doing here? Right? Like, how does he become a vigilante for crime when he knows exactly who the criminal was? Just track him <laughs> down. It, yeah. it instantly changes all of that. The other thing is the whole Tyler Durden reveal is so ham fisted. About the girl? Yeah. Well, and all of it, I guess. Like, really. Like, what do you mean? Because, like you said, it's. Well, I mean, like you said, it, it could all be made up like he yeah. might not be batman's brother he, the girl is a fake relationship yeah. like he might not even have stood up to anybody like even on the like because by by calling into question the relationship with the girl does he even stand up to the people on the subway or is that also something that he forgot no, because that, that was like part of the genesis of the riots right were there even riots or did he just attach himself to the riots and the riots were actually about like the bank but he got himself on tv did he yeah because he was a bad comedian because he was a bad comedian because right, like, did he actually people. spur the riots, or was it actually, or was it just like outrage at the financial institutions, which was like also kind of like bundled all into it, right? No, because when he wore the the clown mask at the end, they say like, "Hey, everything going on in the city, you can't wear that," and he's like, "No, it's part of the act," and they they whatever. So there was like there were there were clown mask riots happening, or were there? Was that also all in his head? <laughs> No. It's just I feel that when you when you pull the like a big part of the plot was all in his head, you now yeah. are like I don't know anything that I just watched is true, because it's yeah. all he like you said he's in every minute of the show. Yeah, is he even on TV? <laughs> you know, like, and also it was so needless to do that that bait and switch. Why can't someone who's pushed to the edge have a normal relationship with someone next to them? Like that was fine. He could have still been nice to his neighbor 
and mm-hmm. gone crazy. And yeah. and like and also also like I thought personally that the reveal was going to be that like she was just really nice and he was reading romance where there was no romance. Yeah. Not like she didn't even know he existed. Right. Like, you know, like that, that I could kind of get. And also what bugged me, I guess this is more like comic nerd stuff is that like Joker is historically not romantic and gives no shits about ladies up to and including his girlfriend, Harley Quinn treats mm-hmm. her like trash all the time. Like he, and you're you're gonna say that like oh this is why he pushes women away is because this one woman was mean to him like again it makes the Joker real pathetic <laughs> you know but like like there's a woman who for you know thirty years of well, maybe not thirty because she's like part cut off from it maybe ten fifteen years ago but like for like twenty years of all of Harley Quinn's writing was obsessed with him and wanted to be with him and like did as he said and like helped him and was his partner in crime. And he largely rejects her, even though they're in like kind of this romantic relationship. So to imagine that like romance was so important to his Genesis is super weird. All all of the elements of his Genesis kind of fell flat to me. Putting, putting him having like, like, you know, it's, I don't know if they, they weren't specific. There was like a schizophrenia or something, but that he has like mental, mental health issues. He had laughing disease. And he has a laughing disease, which I, I think that they should have said that the laughing disease in the end, that was all made up. And then that, yeah. that rather than the girlfriend, that would have been great that he was like getting sympathy from all these people. And he's just a son of a bitch manipulating them, you know, like yeah. that would have been better. But I don't, I don't want to feel sympathy for Joker. I kind of, I like yeah. him better as a sympathy less villain. And, and it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like also even if you did the entire film like to Scott's point, and you just set it in another city, it's not Gotham. There's no tie. The yeah. end. And I would be like, that would have somehow played better to me, because for all the reasons that like Scott was saying, I was like, this doesn't or, make any sense. Or the tie is fine. Gotham being a bad place was established. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's universal. You don't need to change anything to say Gotham was was scummy because it always was. Just have it be scummy. Yeah. It's fine. You don't need to t- tie it in more than that. So do we want to rank the Joker, boys? Yeah, yeah we, we should. do. It's a, yeah. Low? Well, I <laughs> like, mean, at the end... This is, like I said, it's mildly... like. Uh, yeah, go ahead, John. No, I don't... I, I, at the end, was it was it entertaining? I mean, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I don't... But, like, I, it, it's literally a good performance from Joaquin Phoenix, and then otherwise a bad movie. Yes, yeah. That is like that's what I'm saying. So it's like we haven't whatsoever that mentioned that it was a rip off or like a rip off. That it was clearly heavily inspired by King of Comedy. So he like also, you, you yeah. kind of have already <laughs> yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, P- probably like better in many many ways. Right. Because it didn't have to. Like, the King of Comedy didn't somehow have to be Batman's brother. Do Do we want to say anything about Robert De Niro? He was like a big part of the the. I thought he was and a big part of the. His performance is also quite flat. Like he De Niro was, was paycheck De Niro. Yeah, he was. I I thought it was super flat as well. I was oh, I was like God. very disappointed. Watched. It was this it was just, a one dimensional. He was just reading lines off the paper. Didn't yeah. didn't do anything. This is also while while we look at this list. Uh, I also watched uh, most of Raging Bull on Friday night. And man, Scott, I have to reiterate. It is a much, much better film than Rocky. Like, Rocky is very good. Raging Bull is fantastic. I I feel like Raging Bull is much more dramatic. But that Absolutely. Doesn't mean, does, that doesn't mean that it's a better movie. It's a better crafted film. <laughs> like, shots are better. The look is better. The performances are better. Everything is better. <laughs> like, and, and, like, this is not to say Rocky is bad. 
Rocky is a very good movie. And I mean, that's also like, I think kind of like, it's almost other than there's boxing comparing like apples and oranges. Like Rocky is like a feel good sports movie. Like Raging Bull is like a deconstruction of like an abusive, like lunkhead who hates everything and just fails at everything. And just like that's, that's Scorsese character that just melts. Uh, I'm down below bird box. Where is that? What number? 127. Wow. You're down Uh, there. um, See, I was looking at, Ready Player One at 73. No, way lower than Ready Player One. Because that, like, as sad as that is, like, Ready Player One is kind of the opposite. Where, but like, the stories are equally stupid, but then Ready Player One looks cooler. Like, you can't put it above, like, The Descent or Sleepaway Camp. It doesn't go above those. Disaster Artist is actually kind of like, look, kind of disappointing, but James Franco was amazing. Is the actual pull quote for the Disaster Artist, uh-huh. and and, this, and that puts it directly into Joker territory. Kind of disappointing, mm. but Joaquin Phoenix was amazing. Is the Would exact you say pull quote. the original Child's Play was better than this movie? I mean, that's what sure. you're saying there. I would. The original Child's Play didn't have Chucky being Batman's older brother. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky did that, I'd be like, get down there, child's play. You're stupid. Hmm. I, I think this is the zone, honestly. Like, I don't see it getting much higher than... Like, again, like the It's definitely not going on top of Baby Driver. You know what the funniest place to put it is? At number 89? <laughs> <laughs> right underneath the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I don't know how if the list has even been remotely updated. But. It's it's been a couple months. I think I think since Hobbs was born, I haven't done it. I think I did a big round of updates just 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 before. Well, well the big, if there's the, stuff floating around there, just make sure that those two stay. It goes underneath because Will Arnett's <laughs> no Will Arnett's Batman and who's the Joker in that one? Oh, who is Joker in Lego Batman? I don't remember. Vamp for must be I'll someone. Look it up. Gotta be someone. Just keep vamping. I'll look it up. Uh, but yeah, no. So the, the the thing about the list that needs to be fixed is nothing but trouble is not on the list. Yeah, which is supposed to be way at the bottom, right? It is supposed to be quite, quite low. But And, and on top of that, too, the quote of the love guru is shades of nothing but trouble. The whole movie had a single chuckle. So like love guru references. I think I might have forgotten to put it on. I'm going to have to track down which, uh, which been, episode it was from because it's been a long time. time. Do you have it, Scott? Who's the voice of Joker in Lego Batman? IMDb is still loading up. Oh, oh this, this is, is really the worst. Awful. It's quality content. So we could move It's Zach Galifianakis, everybody. Man. Ooh. Yeah. I know, but I found it pretty good while I vamped. We, we are Mid-vamp. at um, time, but we could also talk mm-hmm. about The Dead Don't Die, which I don't know that it's that long a discussion. You guys, I guess, have not actually watched it. This is with Bill Murray and have it on my Adam list. Driver? Well, okay, then I don't want to say too yeah. much if you're planning on watching it. But it's yeah, it's Bill Murray yeah. and Adam Driver, and then when you get ready for star-studded cast: Tom Waits, Chloe Sevigny, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover. Um, I too have seen Raza uh, and cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, directed by Jim Jarmusch. I um, 
I, I'm not, I, let's not talk about it then. I can't wait until you do see it. And, yeah, we, we, I added that somewhere into my pandemic list and then like slipped my Iggy mind. Pop is there too. He's not credited in the... Uh, hmm. He's, in the, he's in the big thing. on the poster though. He sure is, yeah. He's okay. like a full quarter of the poster is Iggy Pop. Well then homework assignment, boys. Watch it for the next one because um, it's... We it's also talked quite a bit about Batman, which I feel has gotten me in the mood to watch Halle Berry's Catwoman. Oh boy, <laughs> nothing. That's a misplaced energy. Do not. I, well, it's not energy sure. that you're forcing me to do, sir. If you're not sure that's enough motivation, Keith, if you don't have it for next episode, you're doubling up. Oh no. Yeah, it's yeah, been no, that I can long. do it for next. Next next episode won't be an issue. It's like Fantasia's over. Like that was like I literally sat down and was like pulling it up, I want to say on Tubi or something, and then realized that I was like, oh, I have a past to Fantasia. And that's that's a time-sensitive media thing that we're supposed to cover for Wait, the website. A lot of... Not a 15-year-old piece of trash. That golf movie I, you guys made me watch is also isn't on the list. You're, you're not being fair to trash. When when did you like if it happened after after the birth? That's where I'm. Uh, that's where the line is. No, it was well, that big boy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not the list either. Okay. Well, well yeah, we'll dig through. We'll go through it. It's all in the records. Yeah, yeah. It's in I the archives. Uh, this has been the Nine to Five Entertainment System. Stick around for garbage time, where I will talk about a weird two-hour McElroy takedown that Scott told me to watch, and then I weirdly watched the the rapper. Nope, not. McElmore, McElroy. Who you oh, may know from you watched that thing? Yeah. <laughs> Over the course of the like a time. week and a half. <laughs> Stay tuned. garbage now. <laughs>